You are now listening to episode number 50 of the Sleep Whisperer podcast. This is functional nutritionist and yogini Deepa introducing you to one of the global pioneers of sleep medicine. Right now we can stay humble and learn from this rich knowledge that all these wonderful practitioners share with us. Today we have the opportunity to learn from someone who has been instrumental in the transformation of so many people both adults and children. I know that I felt as if I was being taught by a beloved professor of mine. I am so humbled to welcome Dr. Mark to the show. Sleep disordered breathing can be the result of an obstructed airway caused by narrow dental arches and or an underdeveloped jaw it's not just the link to sleep but can also point towards several underlying health issues how does this look dr mark levy has over 30 years experience as a dentist and over 20 years in craniofacial dental sleep medicine he is a member of the australasian sleep association American Academy of Dental Sleep Medicine and the European Academy of Dental Sleep Medicine. As a former sufferer of sleep apnea himself, Dr. Mark understands the problem from all perspectives and has the technical expertise to provide the best customized and appropriate solution to suit your individual needs. He's trained in the USA by the world's leading sleep experts. He's often seen on national television and lectures widely. Sprinkled with humor and great information, this episode is a definite favorite of mine. It's episode 50. Do show us some love and leave a quick review. Take a listen now to this very special Episode fifty of the Sleep Whisperer podcast. Welcome to the Sleep Whisperer podcast. I'm your host Deepa. Join me and my many expert guests and medical professionals from the cutting edge science of functional medicine of the West and ancient wisdom of the East. Learn all about how to discover your root causes of poor sleep and understand the proper tools and techniques to end your confusion and begin getting a good night's sleep. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey with the Sleep Whisperer podcast. Dr. Mark, such a pleasure to have you today on the show, the Sleep Whisperer podcast. And uh, I must admit that you're you intimidated me from our very first conversation. I was actually a bit scared to do this interview. Um, but having said that, we had a lovely chat before we actually started to record this, and we're talking today about craniofacial dental sleep medicine. And you did tell me on the phone that. Uh, this is the area that's actually going to be the future of sleep medicine, and I was quite fascinated when you told me that. Uh, and you are the Australian leader in this field; you're a pioneer. How? Tell me about your story because you've really been there for so long that I think you need to teach us all plenty of lessons. 
Well, thanks for having me, Deepa. I'm very chuffed and uh, pleased that you're uh, taking the opportunity to get the word out there how important sleep is, how important from there up. Craniofacial means from the shoulders up. That's chin, teeth, nose, ears, sinus, everything, brain. And so it's great that you're making an effort to get the word out there and any communication we can do is great communication. And a podcast is a great facility for that. The, the other issue is that craniofacial dental sleep medicine, I, I think that in 20 years' time, it'll be normal. There's a lot of things in life that are normal. Well, we're not normal now with COVID, but well, COVID took about 10 weeks to be normal where a germ's a normal thing. Uh, I think in 20 years' time that what we're doing in, in, in dental sleep medicine and in sleep medicine and in breathing medicine and in craniofacial, I think it'll be normal. And I'm hoping that the dental um, uh, fraternity, the de dentists, I'm hoping dentists own more of it in 20 years' time. Uh, and uh, look, all my training's out of the US, really. All my training's out of USA. So I live in Australia, but all my training's in the USA because that's where the pioneers are, that's where the action is, and that's where I've learned all my tra tricks of the trade. And I really only started because I had a problem. So mm. how many people do you trip over deeper where they go, oh, I've got a problem. I'm going to see if I can solve my problem first. Yes, that's absolutely true. So I started with, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I started with a problem. I started with a problem age uh Actually, I just got invited to write a chapter in a book in America. Mm. So uh, it took me two hours to write that. And, 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 you know, I've been a patient since age 11, 20, age 30, age 40, age 50, and I'm 62 right now. And so I started with bedwetting and then I started, I got some asthma, I got asthma and then I started grinding my teeth. And then I got treated for that, and then I started. Uh, then I started snoring, and they diagnosed me with sleep apnea, with not breathing, and uh, so I, I've been treated all. And then my jaw went berserk, my temporal mandibular jaw went berserk, and so I've been treated all the way along with treatment. And we look back in the last two years, and we've gone because we've learned some things. We've gone, oh my gosh, you've been a patient since age eleven. So one of the things we'll discuss today is saying to people what do you do and what do you look for and I might get through a questionnaire at some point in time and so the question is it's a jigsaw puzzle and things like bedwetting and sore jaw and snoring and grinding your teeth and crowded mouth people think that's all normal and they're all part of the jigsaw puzzle and people sometimes you know the expression deeper do you have the expression you don't know what you don't know mm. um, and so some people just don't know what they don't know and 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 to finish not my introduction but to finish this discussion i would like and i tell every patient i would like in 20 years time to see every single dental patient sleep tested and a questionnaire filled out 
you know, every once a year? Because, be, well, here's a question for you, Deepa. When did you have a blood test last? Uh, well, I have them pretty frequently and I'm always checking my family. It drives my husband quite crazy, but we do check um, uh, everything so, about every six months. So you do a, so most people have a blood test within the last year or two or three. Mm. Next time you're doing a podcast, you ask whoever you're talking to, have they ever had a sleep test? Yes. I don't so think the answer anyone. Be, no one. Yeah, yes. no one. There's some new technology out of US actually I'm looking at, which is disposable. Mm. So people go, oh, I sleep well. I sleep great. I sleep okay. I, I sleep okay. Well, of course you do. Your eyes are shut. And so your eyes are shut. You're asleep. What do you know? And so the question is, what's the quality? What's the quality of your sleep? And uh, uh, it, uh if it's not dentists that lead this, it'll be the sports sports arena. There's a book that just came out by Nesbitt called Breathe, B-R-E-A-T-H, which is a bestseller out of out of America, America, or I don't know where it comes from. And he's uh, so my wife's an athlete. She's mm. uh, 61. She's an athlete. So she's been. All her friends are reading the book. All her friends are youngsters. She's an old lady and she hangs around with youngsters. So the point I'm going to make is all these youngsters are like, hey, 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 we're going to breathe better. We're going to breathe better. We can run faster and swim faster and paddle faster because they're all nuts in Australia with sport. And so, you know, if people have a whiff and what's in it for me, if people have a uh, an – if people get something out of it, they're going to be interested. Mm -hmm. And if people breathe better and function better physiologically, they'll perform better. Anyway, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a rambled. Uh, that's where I come from, uh, Deepa. Now, where, where, where do we where where do we start? Where do we finish? Have we finished or started now? What's the question? <laughs> well, I do want to actually yeah, ask. Is that helpful? It was very helpful. In fact, I must share that um, my son was told to wear by uh, his dentist that he needs to have a chin brace and have his chin not allowed to move forward because it was coming out. Uh, and then I read a little bit later and I met somebody who was an airway advocate who said that the, the change to the chin would actually trigger a um, situation like sleep apnea for him in the future. And it's quite fascinating because I have a very dear connection to children and ADHD. And I saw on your website, the link between uh, attention issues as well with breath and sleep. So I would really like to have something sprinkled into our conversation about children and learning issues as well. But what exactly, when you say craniofacial dental sleep medicine, what does that actually mean? Well, I was going to crack a joke. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I don't know who you, not quite sure who your audience is, but uh, I have a dentist degree. I'm a dentist of 40 years from Australia. Mm. And so after a while with my sleep apnea, so I don't breathe at night, I specialised into dental sleep. And then when I did that enough or, or a lot, 
I then did well more study, I suppose. And craniofacial means that we're not just looking at the air going in and out, but craniofacial means we're actually looking at the actual jaw and how it's grown. We're looking at the top of the the top jaw, which is connected and the, is the floor of the nose. So, and your and we're looking at the tongue. We work with tongue um, physiotherapists, tongue specialists, mm. orofacial, myofunctional therapist, who's a tongue genius, because the tongue makes the palate grow. The palate makes the nose grow. If the nose isn't working properly, the sinuses won't drain properly, and it's all interrelated. Mm. So, so I'd like to. My business card says craniofacial dental sleep medicine, but really, I'm just a dental guy who's done so much sleep that the guys that I hang around with in America, we just look at everything above the neck, everything. And so when we're doing diagnostics, so when we're doing questionnaire form, when we're doing x-rays, when we're looking at, you know, when we're trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together, in that puzzle, we do lots and lots of tests to try and form a, a, an opinion, a view, a, a, a diagnosis. And so we're not doing one test. We're looking at everything from there up and seeing how it functions physiologically. And we're trying to work out how we can help. Mm. So sometimes the clinical symptoms don't match up with the x-rays and things. It's just not cut and dry. And so I'm just reinforcing the fact that we're looking at everything. And if I gave you the opposite, the opposite of sensible, we're not doing one test. We're not doing one measurement. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not doing one thing. We're not a, a narrow silo because everything's connected and everything's related. So one of the things we do, we work with acupuncture to stop the sympathetic nervous system screaming. Mm. We work with joint problems which affect the airway. We affect we work it, it, Air goes, three gases go in here and here and out, and it's all related. And so what's craniofacial dental sleep medicine? It's probably a specialty of a specialty of a specialty. Um, and, and the point I'd like to make to you is it's not one thing. You can't just say tape your lips, you'll be fine, or put a splint in, you'll be fine, or look left. It's a multifactorial team effort does that make sense Deepa it does and now you know why I really wanted to have a conversation with somebody like you uh, and in fact it for me I had an aha moment when you spoke about the sinuses not being able to drain because my son always has that problem and it's always stuffing up uh, so I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about him outside of our conversation, but uh, I do want us to talk a little bit about, I know you are, you said that you were diagnosed with sleep apnea and you gave me this timeline of how there was bedwetting and then there was, so there was this little uh, steps towards and nobody really connected that and then suddenly it was this uh, and 
obviously as someone who suffered and someone who has such technical expertise you are the best person to because you hear a lot of people saying i have sleep apnea but when you ask them really they don't quite know what exactly it is or they've never been told what is sleep apnea could you break it down for us what exactly is sleep apnea sure. How would somebody know if uh, uh, before they go, before they get a diagnosis, what would show up for them so that they go to investigate a little bit? Well, that's a questionnaire form. So if I went, if I go through a questionnaire form, let's do that in a sec. Okay. Okay. Let's 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 define sleep apnea first. Yes. Yes. Perfect. And most people in the world will get a sleep apnea. Most people think. Sleep apnea, that's when you don't breathe properly and you get that that machine mm -hmm. to breathe. Yes. That's mm -hmm. what most people in the world um, 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 relate relate to, okay? But here's how we go. You ready? So yes. one mouth, one nose, three gases go in. Let's not argue how they go in or where they go. But they, there's only two holes. You agree? Yes. There's only one pipe. Only one pipe, Deepa. Mm. See that pipe? Yeah. There's only one pipe for the gas to go down to your lungs. Right. Okay? To breathe. To give oxygen and gases to all your heart, heart and your muscles and your brain. The brain uses a lot of oxygen at night. Yes. If that's getting blocked up here somewhere, blocked, squashed, mm. blocked, mm. you don't breathe. Now, you want to, you want to, you want a fun game? Let's see who can hold their breath the longest on the podcast. <laughs> not a, not, not good. Okay, so you and I are not going to sit here and hold our breath. Yes, mm. correct? Yes. Why would you go to bed for eight hours and not breathe? That, that, that's what sleep apnea is. And so are you now, saying that it gets worse only in sleep? So the positioning changes how it gets pinched, the airway? Is it worse? I mean, obviously, if it's... Apnea, yeah. It tends to be a night... Well, it's a very good question. Sleep apnea. Sleep apnea tends to be a nighttime phenomenon. Mm. However, daytime... There are lots of people like myself who breathe poorly, but that's a different discussion. Okay. So sleep apnea is about going to bed at night and blocking the airway and not getting enough oxygen. All right. And so if you don't get enough oxygen, did you know your brain is busier at night than during the day? Mm. So that's the brain is busier at night during the than during the day. And so your brain needs more oxygen during the night. So um, when people aren't breathing at night, it's not a good look, just not not good, very bad, very un not good at all. Mm. But the second question you asked is what sort of questions do we ask? Was that the question? 
Yeah, I mean, how would, I mean, not a lot of people would know that they even need to go and get themselves tested for sleep apnea. So what would be the symptoms that somebody would experience, which would, uh, which should prompt them towards further investigation? Look, if you're an adult, number one is, uh, well, an adult or a child, really, is look at the person sleeping and their lips should be gently touching and there should be no noise. Mm -hmm. No noise. So if you've got an adult or a child with noise coming out of them, any noise, that's not normal, okay? Number one, noise. Mm -hmm whether it be snoring or snorting or they shouldn't be making any noise. They, they should be like, like a princess, just quietly lying still. Does that make sense? Yes. I think I also hear uh, my son making a whistling sound sometimes when he's asleep through the mouth. Well, but yeah, uh, you know, when, and the other issue is when people wake up in the morning, <clears throat> pardon me, I'll get a drink. When people wake up in the morning, are they? how do they feel? Are they feeling refreshed? Or are they, <clears throat> are they feeling washed out? Pardon me. Please. So the question is, are they feeling refreshed in the morning? Um, the question is, how is their memory and concentration How's their sex drive? Mm. How's their... How is, so is it just oxygenation? How does that impact sex drive? Uh, well, it's a multifactorial hormonal problem. You know, it makes, if you're, not, if you're not breathing, if you're not, if you've got sleep apnea, you'll probably put on weight. It's likely you'll put on weight. Mm. Not, not, not you will. But if people can't lose weight, mm. there's four hormones we look at: leptin, ghrelin, cortisol, and insulin. They're out of whack, and 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 so, you know, are you putting on weight? Is your is your sex drive or libido down? Are you anxious, moody, depressed, irritable? obnoxious hmm. behavioral problems at school so we often see patients from the psychiatrist who says just check if it's a mental health problem or a sleep breathing problem 50 50. Hmm. so a lot of the kids get diagnosed with adhd when it's really a breathing problem so the symptoms are Making a noise. How do you feel in the morning? How's your cognitive? How you, you know, how's your concentration, memory? Um, how's if you're an adult? Do you fall asleep driving the car? There's a great test called the. Um, I don't really like it that much, but the Epworth Sleepiness Score, E P W O R T H, Epworth Sleepiness Score. It's not my favourite, but um, there's one for children and one for adults. But uh. It's sort of it's sort of indicative of how sleepy people get. 
And so that's a world-renowned, it's another test that we look at. And it's out of 24. And if someone walks in and fills it out and they get a 16, we go, oh, my God, that's terrible. So you're meant to be about a naught or a five. Oh. Um, there, are, there are people that fall asleep behind the wheel driving the car. Mm-hmm. Um, things like grinding your teeth, things like, you know, clenching and grinding your teeth, things like sweatiness, things like restless in bed and rolling around. Um, what, have, what have I missed? That would be the headings. But for the kids, the kids, we specifically ask about school. We specifically ask about oh, dry mouth. We ask adults and children about do you wake up with a dry mouth? Um, so would that also trigger like uh, chapped lips because it's a dry mouth, cracked lips, dry, you know, bleeding in the lips because a lot of kids actually have those and you hear parents just saying um, apply some lip balm but then the, the you can also see them sleeping with their mouth open sleeping with your mouth open is not natural full stop period yeah breathe in through your nose breathe out through your nose that's how the physiology is meant to work Children, bedwetting. If they're bedwetting, that's a flag. Um, definitely behavioural problems is a flag, but I said that for adults and for children. Um, sometimes in children's speech issues as well, we ask about headaches, throat infections, um, allergies, ear infections. Uh, that's an overview. And it's interesting that when people start filling out these questionnaires deeper mm. it's actually quite interesting that it's actually quite interesting they 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 have one problem and by the time they've finished filling out the forms they go oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh I've, I've ticked about 10 problems and so that's not a that, you know, that's 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 how we that's how we get there having said that that was answer a, can I give you answer B? Yes. Answer B for an adult is have a quality at-home sleep test. And a quality at-home sleep test will definitely tell you if you've got terrible, if, you, if you're really bad, okay? Mm. So it's a good um, introductory test. So if if you're bad, that's it. I mean, you're bad, okay? But here's the problem with that test. If you're down here somewhere, like a 2 or 3 out of 10, not 8 out of 10, if you're 2 or 3 out of 10, you might have a problem, but it doesn't show up specifically on the sleep test. Does that make some sense yes. or not? No, it does. It does. And I do want to, you said it's really dangerous to breathe with your mouth. Can you just tell us a little bit about what are the actual dangers of mouth breathing if it's left ignored for a long time? Well, you've rung me now for this <laughs> podcast and I've got my 
I've got my nasal hygiene practitioner here training a nine-year-old and how to breathe through his nose. Mm. And uh, um, I'm, I, you know, I've been breathing through my mouth most of my life. And uh, not long ago, we realised, oh, this is important. So a lot of this science is, um, you know, five years old, 10 years old. Um, you know, a lot of these things that we see today, which we go, oh, that may uh, the aha moment. Mm. We would have liked to have known 10, 20 <laughs> years ago. And actually, that's a good point. Sleep medicine is only about, I was in America, I think, two years ago. And we celebrated 20 years of dental sleep medicine. Mm. 20 years in medicine is nothing. Mm. That's yesterday. Yes. Yeah. You, you, were, you, were, you were born 20 years ago. It's yesterday. No, <laughs> I was so, born 45 years ago. <laughs> so so um, nasal, if you breathe through your mouth, it mucks up the volume. And, and and the gaseous exchange of the nitric oxide, carbon dioxide, and oxygen. And so it mucks up the balance of those gases. And uh, in, a, in a magical world, a magical world with no, you know, magical world, we get all the eight-year-olds at school or six-year-olds at school trained to breathe through their nose. Mm. Uh, there's another theory that says if your nose is blocked, you can't breathe through your nose. We won't go there. It's not quite that simple. Nasal breathing is not quite that simple at all, like everything else in medicine and science. But as a generalisation, as a generalisation, the, the kids at naught to 10 are not trained to breathe through their nose. It's just not, it's not something we in the Western world spend time doing so uh, uh but if you're and and the books if you read a, the, some of the books by potato are you familiar with potato deeper no So, B-U-T-E-Y-K-O. Look, he, uh, it's an interesting story that he's got a couple of books. He's, he's written about 10 books. He's not a genius. He just worked. He, he's one of many, many, many people that went, aha. Mm. And so if people are trying to breathe through their nose, um, Bateko is a great place to start and Patrick, a guy named Patrick Rick McEwen is the guy that wrote most of the books and Bateko is the scientist that tripped over it. It's not it's not the only place, it's not the only breathing, but it's a it's a an ABC good place to start that makes some sense when people read it. Some of the books are aimed for kids, some for adults. Um, the Breathe book is a great book about how it all works. And the other book that's worth reading is uh, 
Matthew Walker's Why We Sleep, which was a yeah. New York Times bestseller. Yes. And Matthew's a youngster, and uh, it's a great book. So the, these books are all new. Well, Batako's not. But but the other two books are new, and we, they, you know, they, they, we're just trying to get the masses to understand what's going on. And also all the ancient yogis' uh, breath work because they're all about breathing through the nose and training, uh, closing the mouth and learning to breathe through each of the nostrils and how each of them can be differentiated into which brain it triggers activity in. So a lot of ancient texts speak a lot about this, but I do want to talk a little bit because I went through your website and there's a little section on sleep disordered breathing. Uh, and you mentioned that it can be a result of an obstructed airway caused by narrow dental arches or an underdeveloped jaw. But you've written there that it can also point towards underlying health, deeper health issues. So what exactly do you do you mean by that? So sleep, SDB, sleep disordered breathing, is another label. If you want some more, I'll give you upper, U-A-R-T-I, upper airway resistance syndrome. <laughs> There's sleep apnea, upper airway resistance syndrome, sleep disordered breathing. Um, in my world, it, it, they're labels. In my world, it's just a level of um, how well you are. And I'm not really big on the labels. What, what that chapter, what, that, what, you're in, what you're referring to would be this. If this, this is the box that you breathe in, you know, it's a box. Yeah. I mean, you open your mouth and there's some teeth in there and there's a tongue in there and, there's an, and that's, where the, that's where that pipe is, okay? Hmm. And so if that box, that dental arches, if that hasn't developed properly, your physiology, the whole body won't work properly. And so what we're finding is, which is why sleep's going more and more and more and more into dental and out of medical, and I'm generalising, so don't, don't send me hate mail, no. <laughs> it's because dentists are used to looking at the box. That's what we do for a living. And so we know when it's not okay. And so there's some research by, I'm going to change the subject just a little bit deeper. Sure. I'd like to come back to me and do a five-hour podcast on anthropology, the study of mankind. And so a lot of these, there's, there's, there's a five or six, you know, a, a Robert, um, the names don't roll off my tongue, but there's five or six very famous anthropologists who've done all this research and they've looked at skulls going back a thousand years or 5,000 years, I don't know, but they've gone back hundreds of thousands of years, whatever. And they've looked at skulls and they, and they didn't have dentists back then. They didn't have orthodontists. Mm -hmm. They didn't have crooked teeth. They didn't have sleep apnea. They didn't have snoring, I don't think. Um, they might have had snoring because when mankind stood up, 
when cavemen stood up, our voice box moved and the anatomy moved. And then we got smart and our brain got bigger. And so that's changed a lot. But let's get back to some, some basics. You ready? Yes. If the dental is not where it should be and it's too crowded in there, you're not going to function properly because it won't, it's too crowded. Now, no, maybe I'll stop there if, if it's not developed. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll say the next bit, which is a bit uh, new and a bit radical. But the anthropologists believe that in the last four generations, that the kids are more and more and more underdeveloped mm. because of, because of uh, four generations. That's about, about when the Industrial Revolution started. And that's partly because of um, diet and pollution and first world and a lot of issues. So, and we're generalising a lot. But if this box, if the top jaw and the bottom teeth are not where they should be, it's a, it's a, it's a warning bell. You know, it's a, I bedwetted at 11. Now, yeah, I stopped bedwetting by 12 or 13. Okay, so I stopped bedwetting. But that was a flag that no one addressed. I and had the same things, thing. I had the same thing. And in fact, till this moment, I didn't realize because everyone would just say, oh, it will just grow out of it. Well, you will. I mean, if you've got, if you've got a, a bad leg, so you get on with it, you limp. If you're bedwetting, the body compensates mm -hmm. and something else is, goes wrong. You know, people that grind their teeth, People think that's normal, but grinding a teeth's not normal. I mean, that's the body trying to breathe at night. That's why would why would um, we teeth are the strongest um, thing in your body. Teeth are the strongest. Right. Why would we wear them down? Why would we wear them down? Yeah. So you asked me about my website. And you asked me about teeth and jaws and high arches. We can almost look at a a, a, a naught to ten year old in their mouth and their facial profile and things like that. We can get an inkling, an inkling of whether they're going to do, you know, whether they're doing well. So we we got, we've gone back to the beginning of the podcast, really, because step one is, hello, deeper. How are you deeper? Turn sideways, open your mouth, mm. uh, you know, meet deeper and do a physical, uh, uh, visual examination, yes. Number two, yeah, sure, you do lots of x-rays and things like that and you do a sleep test and things like that. But actually just looking at you, before we talk, we can almost, in some cases, work out, Mm, I don't like that. Mm, I don't like that. No, oh, that's interesting. No, oh, that's interesting. And so um, dentists more and more and more around the world are starting to understand the relationship of the mouth and breathing. And you mentioned anthropology. I just want to check whether there's some role that um, lack of um, 
breastfeeding, does that play a role in the development of the jaw? Because there's a lot of change in terms of that. In two generations ago, it was unheard of uh, to do anything but breastfeeding. But today it is changing. A lot of people do choose to not or sometimes due to getting back to work, it's not as frequent. So does that play a role as well? 100%. So my daughter said, I have to behave and care for what I say. But a hundred years ago, you know, everybody breastfed because that's what you did. You couldn't go to the supermarket and you couldn't get powdered milk. Yeah. Um, many, I'm very aware that many females struggle with breastfeeding. I think the terminology is latching on. Mm. Um, there's a, the tongue on a baby is connected with a string. And sometimes the feeding problem relates to um, the string being too tight, mm. which affects the tongue. So sometimes when mums struggle with feeding babies, it's got to do with the tongue. But giving you a different um, synopsis is this. If a baby is breastfed, there's 500 pages we can teach you on what a breastfed baby with anatomy and nipple and a tongue and palate and what it does. Mm. Your next question will be, but is it okay to give my child a bottle? Looks the same to me, mm. right? And the answer is a bottle is exact is opposite to breast. So the physiology of a breastfed child is a sucking tongue palate motion. And uh, don't quote me. And and then the bottle feeding is the opposite. And so yeah. they're two different um, one's push, one's pull, one's, one's not. And so I'm very, very aware that sometimes uh, females, mothers, struggle with breastfeeding. I get that. I'm, I'm okay with that. But you're asking me a question. Is, it, is, is bottle feeding just as good? Nowhere near as good. No, and 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 a hundred years ago, the kids didn't have dummies in their mouth, and a hundred years ago, they were chewing on leather or something, and this mass of muscle here mm. was working all day long, and so when these muscles work, as a young baby, it stimulates stem cells and genetic coding to grow, mm. and so. As a chapter heading, breastfeeding stimulates growth and normal development. Did that make some sense? Yes, yes. Um, that's what, because there's so much. I, I myself can say that I feel I couldn't feed my baby as much as I wanted to, and I feel I might have actually caused some inadvertent uh, uh, reaction on him because of that. So when you spoke about that, it got me thinking about that. I'll so say no. I'll say that. 
Don't go down that road. Okay. Don't. I, I'm. I'm very. I'm. Let's agree. Let's agree to say that the science, ideally, a hundred years ago, is to breastfeed, and let's both agree that it's hard work being a mother. Let's yes. agree that it's hard yes. work being a mother and getting it. And there's no right. And there's no right and wrong. Okay. Absolutely. And you can't do damage. Right. But in a perfect world. In a perfect world, um, that they breastfeed for a long, long time. And I don't even know how long a long, long time is because they all argue over it. But they look at skulls over skulls over um, 300 years and it's just quite fascinating anthropolo anthropologically what's changed because mm. they didn't have the supermarket 30 years ago, I mean th 300 years ago. Yeah. Yes, so I do want us to have a little bit of time because I know I'm getting to the end of our time together that if somebody were to have some of these challenges that we discussed today, sleep apnea or uh, they're not breathing optimally, they're not uh, having proper sleep and some of those uh, tick-off symptoms that you spoke about earlier, they, they're quite high on that list. Uh, where should they actually begin? So what if, is it that they have to find the right person who can diagnose them with something like this? Where do they actually start? And you mentioned kids because there's so many things that kids do. I mean, they may not be recognizing them as sleep challenges, but the fact that they're diagnosing more and more children with ADHD is a red flag in itself. So where might somebody actually begin to help themselves? Uh, that's a good question. And depending on what country you're living in, that's a better question. Hmm. Uh, technically speaking, you would go to your general doctor. And technically speaking, he would know who to send you to, mm -hmm. whether it be a knowledgeable dentist or a knowledgeable ear, nose and throat doctor or a knowledgeable lung sleep specialist. Mm -hmm. So there's no... It's challenging. It's a good question, by the way. It's a very good question. The... We should all be working in a group, in a, in a community, in a sleep community, so we don't work alone. And it's a matter of finding someone who will listen to your problem mm -hmm. and do enough homework that you can see the puzzle being put together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're welcome to email me. In, they're welcome to email me in Australia. Uh, there's some wonderful, wonderful, talented doctors across America. Um, one of my favorite doctors is in New York and he thinks he thinks that 50% of children diagnosed with ADHD in America at least are are technically not an you know they're they're a breathing problem and a sleep problem, not a not not ADHD. Mm. And I um so you asked a question, how do you, who do you ring? You asked a question, who to ring? And the answer is 
you're going to start with your local doctor, but it's not so simple to find the right person to find the answers because there are people that specialise in children and there are people that specialise in adults. And I'm just going to make a point. If you have an adult or a child with behavioural problems or cognitive problems or memory or behaviour or, look, the world's got lots and lots of people with mental health issues and it's very big in Australia and uh, we've got to look after those people. Mm. But we've also got to make sure that someone has looked at their airway. Yes. Because I want to ask you a question, Deepa. Yes. If I, if you rang me, if you, if you, uh, I gave you some movies, some old movies, some old Australian movies, and you stayed up for two nights and watched Australian movies mm. in your home, would you be pleasant company for your <laughs> husband after two days? Absolutely not. <laughs> You'd be in Yes. So the point is that we all behave badly and we haven't slept for two or three days. Yeah. You agree? Yes, absolutely. I'm so we all behave badly. So let's not be quick to love anybody with a label until mm. we've done our homework. And that's why I said to you, when did you have a blood test last? Because my joke is always, have you ever had a sleep test? Mm -hmm. And that's a great place for anybody to start. And the new technology, um, you know, but you asked me who to go to as a doctor. That's the hard box. But if yeah. you go into your bedroom of a child or an adult, go and watch them sleep. Actually stand there and watch them sleep. Watch their mouth, their nose, their noise, their restlessness, their, their, their sweatiness. It's interesting. I think that's a great tip for parents to just begin with, to just watch because I do that all the time. I lie down and I just watch him and I know he breathes through his mouth. I know there's a sound coming out of it. I know he struggles with stuffy sinus a lot. So um, focus issues. So definitely that's a great thing for parents to because we tend to think that we don't have sleep issues. We tend to think our kids don't have sleep issues. And before I let you go, I do want to ask you as since you have this you for me have been this sleep encyclopedia and I just love chatting with you. Um, is there anything final that you can just tell us regarding sleep as let's say somebody doesn't go to a doctor but you've got some general guidelines for them to help their sleep what would you leave us with uh, go, go and google sleep hygiene mm. and there's about 20 things to do to sleep well and that's a good place to start but I liked what I said that says go into the bedroom and watch your partner yeah uh, and that's how I started on my career I started on my career because my wife said if you don't stop <laughs> if you don't stop snoring get out I've had enough <laughs> three kids I, I'm done you, you I can't sleep I can't sleep. You're making so much noise. So that's how I started. Watch 
your partner or your children and see if they if they if it's if it's whisper quiet sleep okay and um yeah that's where you start and uh, i mean uh, i just moved out of the room because my husband has these room vibrating loud snores and i just couldn't stand it any longer um, but he still snores i woke up this morning and i could hear him snoring away in the other room uh, so definitely something to be concerned about because a lot of people write about snoring and just moving out of the room because their partner's driving them crazy. And uh, the, the what's concerning is that there's a tendency to just ignore it, but that can be uh, a sign of so many other deeper aspects. So I'm definitely going to link to some of uh, resources like your website. Heart and disease. Go and talk. Go and, go and talk to the cardiologist. Yes. You know, heart disease, big yes. time, diabetes, yes. big yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Mark, I want to respect your time, but I do want you to complete our podcast mantra. So, if you if you were to complete our sentence, if sleep is the new medicine, then how would you complete it for us? Uh, I get eight hours sleep a night and breathe through my nose. How's that? Perfect. Perfect. Thank you for giving me a precious time. I know I pulled you away from the beach vacation in australia but it was great talking to you and um, i'm grateful from the bottom of my heart for the time that you gave us today thank you for being here with us great pleasure great pleasure to be with you deeper anytime great pleasure spread the spread the word of sleep around the world very great pleasure thank you bye-bye Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. This is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional. This information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for personal help, on your health journey do seek out a medical practitioner please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with your doctor or otherwise qualified healthcare professional it is in no way intended as medical advice as a substitute for medical counseling or as treatment or cure for any particular health condition be sure to always work directly with a qualified health practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding. If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner, do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com. It is important that you have someone who is qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care, especially when it comes to chronic health conditions. 